Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The best station in the nation. And now, it's time for the Mitch and Kathy Show. A brand new show about thought. Your thoughts the thoughts of others, but most importantly, a fun show that makes you think. A show with things that make you go, hmm. So with no further ado, no delays, no tricks, just straight ahead real people on real radio, here's the real Mitch and Kathy. All right, we're back and we have a whale episode today. We have so that uh, we're actually very proud of, not that we're not <laughs> proud of all of them, but Hey, this is a great show. Tell them what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, in our first hour, we're going to do a tribute to Prince. You know, Prince passed away last week. We definitely want to make sure that uh, we give him his props, give him his honors, because he was an unbelievable talent. You know, I was in my freshman year of college when Prince first came out with his music. He was five foot two. <laughs> he had a jerry curl. Well, and he wore purple yeah. with high heels. <laughs> and now, mascara. And you could go either way with that, you well, know. Because that was at the same time when Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Marvin Gaye, and Teddy Pendergrass. Right? And then you had. Prince. <laughs> but the thing was, he was pretty and he was talented. And then now he sounded like a tomcat when he sang. But you could jam with it. You could. The, the beat was funky. Soft and wet. Well. Head. Yeah. Sister. Controversy. And we're going to talk about all those today. And we're doing things a little bit different because we are now part of a syndicated network. Yay! Yay! AM First Radio. And thank you, Fred, for sticking with it, burning all that midnight oil. Fred Lundgren, ladies Fred and gentlemen. Lundgren. Yay! Yay! Give it up for Fred! Woo! Fred's my hero. Fred's my hero. We're also the squeaky wheel. <laughs> yes, Come we on, were the Fred. squeaky wheel. Do and it, we pushed him to do the show. And But hey, He's got a network now. You know, so that's what we're going to do in the first hour. And then the second hour, we're going to come back to you and we're going to talk about teaching films, films that really change your life. And they're showing you things that are right there in front of you and they're profound teaching lessons. What do we mean? And what do we mean by a teaching film? A teaching film is a film that gives away some secrets about the universe in plain sight of the public, things that you make you go. Hmm. Like The Matrix. The Matrix. Great like show. Independence great. Day, one of my favorites. One of mine too. Like Inception. Oh, oh, that was a great, uh, a was, great movie. Oh man, I we have watched that so many times, but that was fantastic. And movie. Interstellar. 
Don't Inter Interstellar. Don't, don't forget Interstellar. And we got a long list of ones that we're going to talk about today, and it's going to be an exciting show. I know that you all have some questions. You have some things that you want to share with us, especially during the first hour about your favorite Prince song. Your favorite Prince concert memories. What you did to some Prince songs. Well. Well, you know, Prince songs was good for a whole lot of things. Well, he kind of told be doing you could cook to print songs you could watch tv uh, uh you could do the laundry <laughs> you could watch the chair you could make cheering to print songs well, there was a lot of cheering made during a Prince lot song. of prince was right up there with barry white and teddy pendergrass people making cheering to his music don't don't get it don't, twisted don't get it twisted he uh he was right up there well he gave some brothers some ideas gave they sisters, didn't have any gave sisters some ideas too <laughs> sisters coming over in purple lingerie with high heels uh Wait. singing prince at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but Ding. it's not a booty call, though. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Whisper a question and give me a side. That kind of stuff. You well, know. well, this is what we're going to do with Prince. You can also get in touch with us on chat roll. Since go to our AM First Radio site. Go to the site amfirstradio.com, and you can find uh, our page there. And look down near the bottom at something called chat roll. Sign up, and you'll be able to email us and um, give us chat messages. And you don't have to necessarily worry about being able to call in. You can call in and chat with us. 888-909-1050 is a call-in number. And call in just to listen, 832-999-1050. You are live with Mitch and Kathy, and we'll be right back. The main focus of our spiritual work at Tybro is the evolution of consciousness. We perceive both astral and physical consciousness with our five senses. We see, hear, touch, taste, and smell with senses that convey information about the world to the mind. We rely on these senses for all of our information about the physical world. However, if an angel stood right next to you, most of us would never know it. The astral and physical senses can't tell you jack about the higher worlds. As a matter of fact, they attempt to convince you that anything higher than the physical world has no existence at all. Nothing could be further from the truth. The attunement to higher consciousness package is a new solution to this age-old problem. The attunements consist of 13 very specially crafted sounds. Each of these sounds work together over time to gently pull away layers of darkness that prevent us from perceiving and enjoying the higher levels of consciousness. These attunements are specially crafted to help your consciousness grow and expand. There is nothing else like them in the world. To get your attunements on a specially crafted flash drive, go to our website at www.tybro.com and look under Attunements. The Attunements to Higher Consciousness at Tybro is the most advanced consciousness attunement package available on our site. Get your copy today. 
Original thinker and activist Tom Hartman joins the KCAA lineup. But the policies defined by Jesus that you can read in the Sermon on the Mount, or you can read in Matthew 25, are unabashedly progressive. They're unabashedly liberal. I mean, Jesus was the original liberal. Join Tom Hartman Tuesday evenings at 5 on KCAA, 1050 AM and 106.5 FM. with that emergency fund. Dave Ramsey here, and I'm excited to announce that we've been giving away some serious cash this May. The $20,000 rainy day giveaway. And you can enter every day for your chance to win cash at DaveRamsey.com. We'll draw a winner each week. No purchase is necessary. Enter daily at DaveRamsey.com. Win with Dave Ramsey and KCAA 1050 AM and 106.5 FM. back and we have an incredible show for you today. We're going to talk about two separate things. In our first hour, we're going to talk about our tribute to the wonderful purple one, Prince, as he has passed on to another dimension and we want to talk about that. We want to give our praises to the incredibly talented artist that he was and that's what we're going to talk about after uh, actually during the first hour. And then we're going to come back again, and we're going to hit you hard with some teaching films. Teaching films are films that you can learn things from. You can actually learn secrets about the universe that are kind of sneaked into movies, books, radio, TV. Uh, It's just going to be an awesome time. And uh, from now, we're going to do two shows, first hour show, then the second hour show, two separate topics. Two separate topics, unless it's one of those part one, part two. Unless it's a huge topic that we can just run with. You you know, you never know. You just never know. So where were you the first time? Can you remember the first time you heard a Prince song and the first, the song that it was? We're going way back. Yeah, we are. It's okay. (laughs) I can go back too. I got to go back too. Uh, Let's see. That would have been in, I think, the 80s, early 80s. Or did he come out? He came out out in 77. In 77. Okay. So 1977. I know I heard a Prince song at that time. So... I would have been 17. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to your room. You can't yeah. hear this song. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I could just see. You know, my parents really wasn't that strict on, on the music that we listened to, which was a great thing. Mm-hmm. But had they known what he was saying in those lyrics of some of those songs, they might have said, mm, maybe not. <laughs> you know, when Prince first came out, you know, that could have gone either way. <laughs> he, he was 5'2", okay? And 100 pounds wet. 100 pounds wet, great hair. He has great hair. Mascara. Well. High heels and lace. It, it would wear lingerie. And that's if he had on anything on the bottom. That's why you don't see anybody doing Prince imitations like Elvis or Michael Jackson, the person that you see those. But Prince... 
you're just not going to see a lot of those. <laughs> but, you know, when I first heard his music, I was a, a freshman at Florida A&M University mm. in the Grand Ballroom, and they played Soft and Wet. And it was a brother with a high-pitched voice singing to a really cool, funky beat. And I was dancing. I thought, wait a minute, this is who? New artist named Prince. <laughs> you know what amazed me about him? Is that in one of his first albums, it was like, Prince, this is me. Uh, he played all the instruments. And that got me. When I found out who he was and went to read about him, I found out he was extraordinarily he was talented. Extraordinary. He played all the instruments. And I was thinking, you know, he's the next Stevie Wonder if he can do that. Yeah. Because not many artists can play every instrument on their album and he did that all the instruments that were on the album he played the drums he played the guitar he played the synthesizer he wrote the music he performed all the instruments and then produced the album himself yes he did now that is not easy to do no it's not at all but he did that he did he did that there's been a lot of tributes to prince and um we wanted to do our own tribute to him because he was an extraordinary uh, human being. And I think that he found his purpose in life, and that was to connect to people through his music. And a lot of people are looking for their purpose, and he found his. And when you find your purpose, that's when extraordinary things happen. And he was an individual who had found his, his thing. So he was born... June 7th, 1958, Minneapolis, and he, you know, his father was a jazz pianist, and I think his mother sang part-time, and uh, he just grew up in a musical household, so it's, it's pretty clear to see that why he loved music, but to come out with that kind of talent, that was God-given. That was God-given. It had to be. It that was God-given. So uh, we have a new format, so we're going to try and work out this new format, we're going to use these shows to do it. We're excited to be on the AM First Radio Network, and uh, we are looking forward to watching it grow and expand, and we're hoping to take you along with us. Yes. AM Radio, AM First Radio, rather, is a brand new network, and it's a network that we are hoping to use uh, to set up our new platform. There's a lot of new exciting shows. So take, if you get listening to us, take the time to listen to some of the new shows. We thank uh, Fred Lundgren, our uh, president and producer. We thank Di, our producer who's on Radio 9. Thank you, Di, for being with us and hanging in there. I know we can be a little bit demanding, but hey, we're mentioning Kathy. That's who we are. <laughs> Getting back to the Prince tribute. Okay, well, one of the things that when I was looking at a lot of information on him, and, and that is, I think you even did a thing on Facebook when you were asking people what was your favorite Prince song. Yeah, I did. You did. I and, did. And you got a lot of response off of that, and people were writing in what their favorite song hundred, was. Over a hundred responses to that. So many, and we thank you all for those responses. It it was It was something that... I put up because I hadn't seen anybody put up a what is your favorite Prince song tribute. And so we did it and it really came off very nicely. It did. Uh, but what I found during my uh, investigation was his 40 biggest Billboard Hot 100 hits. And I was reading through the list. Let me just go through the list with you. The first one, as they have as number one, was a lot of people's favorites. When Doves Cry in 1984, it hit number one for about five weeks. 
And then they have Kiss, which came out in 1986. It hit number one. It was there for two weeks. Uh, a lot of people like Let's Go Crazy. And let me just say that a lot of the songs that I'm going to read off came from that movie Purple Rain, which, which they just re-released. Which was an Oscar-winning movie. Oscar-winning. It was his first Oscar for music. It was. It was. And not many artists get to have an Academy Award for their music. But No. Uh, Let's Go Crazy was number three. Number four was Cream. Number four was Cream. Number four was Cream. All righty then. <laughs> and it's not just for coffee drinkers. But <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> And then number five was Bat Dance. Bat Dance. Bat Dance was number five. Go with a smile. It hit number one. Uh, in 1989. So I didn't know that song hit number one. I did not know one. that. Uh, then number six was Raspberry Beret. Okay, I can see that. Raspberry Beret. It actually went to number two in 1985. And then You, you Got the Look hit number two in 1987. Okay. And then, of course, Purple Rain. Purple Rain, a lot of people's favorites, hit number two in 1984. It didn't make number mm. one. Mm. Uh the next one was The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Hit 1994. It hit number three. Number okay. three. Sign of the Times hit number three in 1987. I remember that. What about Little Red Corvette? I remember Little Red Corvette. That was 1983. It hit number six. Diamonds and Pearls hit number three in 1992. Thieves in the Temple. I don't remember that song. I remember that. You remember that song? I remember that song. Uh, 1990 hit number six. Pop Life in 1985 hit number seven. Hmm. Delirious. A lot of people like Delirious. Mm -hmm. 1983 hit number eight. And then from the movie, it's I Would Die For You. 1985, it hit number eight. And then number 17 is seven. 1993, it hit number seven. Oh, it's the song is seven, recorded in 1993. It hit number seven. Okay. And then it was Alphabet Street in 1988. It hit number eight. I could never take the place of your man. Let me, you, let me see if I can remember Alphabet Street. I don't know if I remember that song. I don't remember that. There's, I don't remember that there's song. There's a lot of songs on this list I don't believe I even heard. But it made the list. Uh, number 20. 1999, a lot of people like 1999. I remember 1999 very well. That was 1983, hit number 12. I Want to Be Your Lover, a lot of people like I Want to Be Your Lover. 1980, hit number 11. Uh, number 22 was Party Man. Remember Party Man? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not. I'm not even going to front. I don't remember that song at all. I'd have to look that up. <laughs> and then you need to play one of those little 30-second mm -hmm. uh, things to see what it was. Number 23, Get Off. I remember that. Remember okay. that? Okay, that was 1991. It hit number 21. Mountains. Do you remember Mountains? Not at all. Okay, that no. was 1991. You know, there was a period where I was deeply into Prince, and then Prince changed. And was, some of the songs he started coming out with were a little different. And that probably Mountains was in that period where I kind of lost him a little bit. Was that around the time where he was the artist formerly known as Prince? There was a big controversy about his music 
and who owned it. And he felt like he was a slave to the company that he worked with. And he actually changed his name to a symbol so that he couldn't be identified as Prince. Mm-hmm. He was the artist formerly known as Prince, now known as a symbol. But did he do that so that he could produce some albums that he just had to fulfill a contract a contract obligation? I or? think so. I think so. Because he did. He kind of lost us for a while. Yeah, he... Uh, a lot of people, when they put down their favorite Prince music, it's Prince from the 80s and 90s. It's not... He, he still made music. He, in the last three years, has kept putting out albums. Mm-hmm. But most people can't name you a new Prince album, in part because... We've changed and Prince has changed. Well, you know, everybody grows up. Everybody grows. Everybody's different. They do different things. All right, number 25, Take Me With You. I remember that. Remember that? What year was that? That was 1985. Okay. It was number 25, uh, The Arms of Orion. I don't remember that one at all. Not even going to pretend. Any of you listeners, are you you feeling that? I'm not sure. I don't know what that one was about. Money Don't Matter Tonight, 1992. Anything? Nothing. Okay. What about uh, I Hate You, 1995? Wow. And these are the ones that hit the top, you know, 100. So how how did I Hate You go? I Hate You was number 12. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's getting up there. Let It Go was number 29 in 1994. America in 1985. You remember that song, America? The Morning Papers. Hmm. Hmm. Another lover, hole in your head. Another lover, hole in your head. Hmm. <laughs> that was 1986. When we get more sophisticated, we'll be able to play little snippets of these songs as we go through them. Because you, you lost me just a few songs a few years ago. <laughs> I just <laughs> these last five or six, I don't remember them at all. Not even a little bit. I ain't gonna front. Okay, we only got seven more. Okay, let's pretend we're married. That was in 1984. Hit number 52. Nope. Okay. My name is Prince. I know you remember I that. remember my name is Prince. 1992. Yeah. Uh, hot Thing in 1988. I liked Hot Thing. I remember okay. that. Pink Cashmere in huh. 1993. I know the next one, Controversy, 1981. Remember? Remember Everyone remembers that. Call My Name, 2004. Nope. Okay. The Greatest Romance Ever Sold. Nothing? Nothing. Do you remember that at all? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. And the last one, New Power Generation. Remember that? That was in 1990. Okay, so these are the ones that hit the billboard. But he had a lot of other songs that would have the little E if it was on iTunes for Mm -hmm. explicit Mm -hmm. uh, that aren't on this list that a lot of people really like. Let me just go through some of the ones on Facebook that people really like. Because we had, let me see how many comments we had. We had we had over a hundred comments. Let me see exactly how many. A uh, hundred and four comments on this, which Prince song people like. The one that came in first that people really liked the most. What would you say that was? Um, I just looked through them and I just kind of get a rough estimate of what would be number one. What would you say? Hundred and twelve comments on what people when doves say cry. Close. Uh, Let's Go Crazy. Close. Mm, Sexy MF? No. No. Keep going. Uh, Purple Rain? Adore. 
a soft and wet and soft a door. And People like some soft and wet. <laughs> that includes you, Rhonda, you freak. <laughs> Calling you out. <laughs> she ain't going to never respond to nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rhonda said, I ain't going to respond to him at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Call it all up yet. Let's see what else was. Um, let me see. When Doves Cry was very popular uh, on the list. And let's see here. If I Was Your Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Diamonds and Pearls was also very popular. So a lot of the old stuff still gets a lot of love. Do we have a call? We today? have uh, two callers. And we're okay. going to go ahead and take the first caller. And uh, Affie from New York. Affie, you are live on the air with Mitch and Kathy. Come on and bring us hey. some Prince magic. Hi. Hi. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing good. How are you, Affie? I am good. This is just such a fun and epic show. And I was just like, okay, I wanted to tell y'all what my favorite Prince song was and just get in on the fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my favorite, favorite Prince song, I would say, is Insatiable. Probably Insatiable, number one, Adore, number two, and then the whole Purple Rain album would be number three. That's just all one long song for me. (laughs) So... People like some Adore. That would be my my top most favorite. All those are great songs. I would say... Well, actually, the third one is a whole album. So, but they were all great songs. I love that album, Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like I remember Rain. when the movie came out. If you can imagine, I'm a four year old, and I remember my mother covering my eyes when the scenes came on with him and Apollonia, and <laughs> me trying to pry her fingers open so I could see what was going on because. <laughs> You know, Prince did some things that uh, most people just could not get away with. He would be in Madison Square Garden on stage with women in lingerie performing music mm-hmm. and dancing. Yes, he would. And people still can't get away with that today, but he did it. Yes. Why do you think he was able to get away with that? Well, I think at that time, what he was doing was so new and so out of the box. They just didn't know what to do with them. And then times were just different in the eighties. There was a lot of androgyny going on. You had later on, you know, you had boy George. Well, that was much later. I guess he kind of was the innovator of it, I would say, but I don't think they had time to catch up with, with what he was doing in order to censor him. It just, he was just ahead of his time, I say. Way ahead of his time. Like, you still don't see many people being Prince impersonators. Uh, no. Uh-uh. no. It'd be difficult to do. <laughs> It'd be difficult. <laughs> but Think I love, about it. If you, I love if you that about him. I love that, that he's very masculine, very confident in who he is, but at the same time, he's, he's in in the middle. You know, he's not either more masculine or, or more feminine, per se. He's just a perfect blend, if you ask me. And he just had the most beautiful women in the world. Mm-hmm. In he the did. world. Just beautiful, beautiful women. And I love that. 
of many races. They were black, white, Indonesian. I mean, he had women of many different races all around him. So you couldn't really say that he was gay. You couldn't really say nope. that he, he was Prince. You, know? <laughs> you just yep. had to deal with who That's he was. Right. I like that about him. He was an early Lester, I have a question about him, if you could answer. Um, I, I recently had a dream, and in the dream, he was talking to me about Clark Gable. And when I woke up, I tried to do some research to see if I could find a connection. Is there a, some type of um, life connection between he and Clark Gable? Because I know Clark Gable passed in 1960. So is there anything that you see with them or a message that was there, perhaps? Um, not off the top of my head, but that doesn't mean there isn't oh. a connection. It's not something I've oh, seen. okay. Well, not I was just I've wondering. Seen. Well, let's yeah. there. Well, I'll let another caller come through. All right, honey. Well, thank you so much All for right. calling in. Love y'all. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take right. our next callers after we come back from a break, and we're going to just talk until it's time to take a break. Okay. Because I don't want to cut someone off. So, so caller, what's the caller's name? Uh, Charles. Charles, if you could just hold on for a little bit, we're going to take a break in a couple minutes, and we'll come back, and you'll be right on the top of the queue. Also, if you guys want to uh, call in, 888-909-1050, that's the call in. If you have a question, want to talk, or if you want to call in to listen, just to listen, 832-999-1050. Also, if you go to our AM First Radio site, uh, amfirstradio.com, and scroll down, you'll see a place called Chat Roll where you can get in the uh, chat room with us and uh, you can ask us questions there as well. There are a number of people there waiting and asking questions, and um, we just really appreciate everybody being with us and all the love that everybody's giving us. Absolutely. But I do remember uh, the first time I saw him when he was wearing that thong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prince was just out there. I just love that about There's him. There's a great picture that I put on our Facebook site of Prince with a guitar, a bandana around his throat, and a thong. A thong. That's all he had on, and high heels. And then and then the one where he went to an award show and he had uh, some leather uh, boots. He had leather boots, but he had a strap like a... Uh, what do you call those things? Like honchos. He had honchos, but it didn't have a butt. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I heard a comedian once say that Prince was one of those guys that a lot of guys were really attracted to because he was just that pretty. He was. He's a pretty boy. He was pretty. Mm -hmm. You'd have to think, okay, Prince is prettier than most people's girlfriends. <laughs> I hate to say it, but he he was that pretty. He was that beautiful. There are some men that are so pretty that uh, just attracted to them. They're yeah. just pretty. Just, They're just pretty. So you're live with the. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Mission Kathy Show, we are doing our first show, uh, first hour as a tribute to Prince. And we will be right back after the break. Thank you for being with us. Here's the latest to Miven Heidrich. All eyes are on today's presidential primary in Indiana. Could be the last chance for Republican hopeful Ted Cruz to slow frontrunner Donald Trump's momentum. In the Democratic race, frontrunner Hillary Clinton is expected to boost her delegate lead over rival Bernie Sanders. And Cruz is lashing out at Trump for insinuating that Cruz's father had something to do with the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Texas editor today called Trump a pathological liar who is spreading the tabloid trash to the National Enquirer. This is not a reasonable position. This is just kooky. While I'm at it, I guess I should go ahead and admit, yes, my dad killed JFK. He is secretly Elvis and, J- and Jimmy Hoffa is buried in his backyard. The tabloid claimed that Rafael Cruz was pictured with Lee Harvey Oswald in 1963. Trump told Fox News that Cruz's father was with Oswald prior to Kennedy being shot. On Wall Street today, the Dow was down 140 points. NASDAQ lost 54. S&P down 18 points. You're listening to the latest from 24-7 News. Hi, this is Kathy Gibson from the Mitch and Kathy Show. Have you ever wondered why things are not going right for you in your life? The desire to be happy is a large part of why we go through life each day. We want to laugh, to sing, and to feel good at the end of the day. Happiness is an art. If you wish to practice this art, you must first decide that it is something that you want. People that choose to be happy will wake up to a day filled with smiles and joy and laughter. If they are lucky, they will remember that day, focus on its high points, and strive to repeat it. The nine insights for a happy and successful life emerge from our own lifelong desire to help thousands of people find happiness. Happiness is a gift that we bestow upon ourselves. This book outlines two main themes that will guide you on the road to happiness. The first explores methods that will help you discover the secret inner joy that already hides within you. The second explores powerful and effective methods that will help you remove the chaos and obstacles that prevent you from feeling joy. Success and happiness travel together on the road to joy. Get your copy of Nine Insights for a Happy and Successful Life today on our website at www.tybro.com and look under the book section and listen to The Mitch and Kathy Show every Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on KCAA AM Radio. See you there.
We are back. We are doing a tribute to the great God music legend, Prince. And I fell in love with Prince's music uh, during the late 80s, early 90s, because he went to a place where he was just a rebel and an icon at the same time. And those albums that he came out with were just acid, just bomb music. You could get in your car and drive and blast it, and nobody knew that you were listening to it. <laughs> I love that about Prince's music. I, I did, too. I did, too. We used to blast his music, for sure. Yeah. Because at the time he came out, it was right at the time I was going to college. That song, Something in the Water You Drink, I must have played that. There are certain songs that I like that I will play over and over and over for days at a time. Mm -hmm. Something in the Water You Drink uh, and Lady Cab Driver. I don't know what it was about those two songs, but I just played them and played them. That album just did it for me. Mm -hmm. Well, we have had Shelly hanging on the line for quite some time. We're going to go ahead and take Shelly. You are live on the air with Mitch and Kathy. Come on and give us one of your Prince favorite songs. Hi, Mother. Hi, Father. Hi. Hi, Shelly. Um, my favorite Prince song is If I Were Your Girlfriend. And uh, probably because me and my cousin used to have to sneak and listen to it. Oh. We had, uh, <laughs> okay. we had on, on our local radio station um, and a, like after dark radio show where after midnight, they would play, like, the unedited version of love songs and stuff. And so we would stay up until after midnight on the phone. That was the first time we heard that song. Mm. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. And I love the words to it. But I had a funny story about um, a Prince, my first experience I can remember with Prince other than watching Purple Rain. And that was, um, I had two cousins. Um, we call them twins, but they're not. But um, we call them the hip, hip twins because they have really big hips. But anyway, so <laughs> they uh, absolutely love, love, love Prince. And when they're about nine and ten years older than I am, so when I was about eight years old, uh, Prince had actually come to Pine Bluff, believe it or not, and did wow. a show. <laughs> right. We've had yeah. some amazing wow. people come to Pine Bluff. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Spiritual masters, all kinds of stuff. But uh, mm. so Prince had come to Pine Bluff to do a show, and they'd gotten signed posters. And I was in their room one day, um, and I, I don't know, I must have lost my mind for a moment and touched the poster or something. And, and these teenagers attacked my little eight-year-old self and <laughs> threw me on the bed and just beat me to death because mm. I touched their press poster. <laughs> and I think mm. I was afraid of print for a little while after that. <laughs> Mm. I bet you didn't. I was traumatized by that. Stuff after that, huh? <laughs> I never put, didn't even go in that room again. Uh, <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> well, but that was it. Artist that you you almost had to get permission to listen to his music if you were young. Uh, yes, absolutely. From my parents and my cousins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> huh. 
Well, thank you so much. Thank for you calling so much for calling in, Shirley. With the Shelley. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell right. it to me. It's actually went to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to prove that to me, but that's okay. I believe you. Sort of. <laughs> if you can come to Pine Bluff, Prince can come to Pine Bluff now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Shelly. Thank you so much. All right. Love you. We have one more caller that's holding. Let's go ahead and take her call. Uh, Anna from New Jersey, are you still there? You're live on the air with Mitch and Kathy. Master and Masters Gibson, thank you. Hello. 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 When Prince came on the scene, I'm, you know, our memories from back then a little blurry. But I tell you, the status quo, what we thought was, whatever it was, he, he He's a wrecking ball. He just hmm. came along and said, what you thought, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm coming along and I'm going to change everybody's perception of what's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he did that symbol, everyone was like, oh, he just can't show off. Da, da. And in my mind, I was like, huh. You know, things that make you go, huh. That, that's fascinating. And at that time, I really had the piece of paper that said, yeah, I could be behind the wheel. And that was about the time I started listening to progressive rock, progressive this, that. And I tried so hard to be a music snob. Mm-hmm. And Prince wouldn't let me be a snob because I kept saying <laughs> verbally, oh, I don't really like him that much. But in private, it's like, yes, you do. <laughs> if you do, you can't put him in any category because he doesn't fit anywhere, but he just blew the doors off. And it's just, um, it's just crazy. I mean, I even told myself, I don't like the song uh, when doves cry, and the other voice in my head says, Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. You like it a lot. Don't try to kid yourself. But um, I know you're not talking about teaching movies, but I know I won't be able to get through again, so I just want to say Heckle and Jekyll, when they took a crayon or pencil and would draw a chair, and then it would form. I was like, huh. Yep. Like six or seven years old. Was like, that hmm. was um, certainly something very different. A lot of cartoons had teaching uh, motives in them. Still do. Still do. Thank you so much for letting us know your thoughts about Prince, and um, I do think that he was uh, a sort of a demigod sort of figure. Uh, his androgyny and his talent together elevated him above normal people. Mm-hmm. You know, with his his connection with people helped him sell over a hundred million uh, songs, mm-hmm. and dozens and <clears throat> tens of millions of albums. And it's something that when you look at who he was. He touched a divine spark in all of us. It wasn't just sex. Mm-mm. It wasn't just rebellion. It wasn't just his his voice. It was a connection <laughs> with freedom in a way. Because yeah. when Prince was on stage, when he was performing, when he was singing, when you heard his music, for those few minutes that you were listening to his music, at least for me, there was a sense of freedom that he evoked from the energy that he put into his music, the freedom of song, the freedom of expression, the freedom of being able to connect with the world outside you in a way that is uncompromising. And in life, most of us don't get that freedom. We go to work at a certain time. 
We get up in the morning to go to work at a certain time. We have responsibilities. Uh, we perform those responsibilities. We get a check. We go home. Um, we eat supper at a certain time. We go to bed. We have friends. We have family. And our lives are largely regimented around things that we have to do, things that are not negotiable. And Prince, at least for me, made it so that life was a little bit more negotiable. You could not listen to the Controversy album and not feel at least a little free inside your head. Mm -hmm. That's true. You could not listen to the Dirty Mind album and not smile to yourself like, I'm getting away with something. (laughs) (laughs) You could not listen to the 1999 album and, and not feel a sense of freedom and expectancy. And I think that was part of his greatness, Mm -hmm. the ability to help all of us feel a little bit more free in our lives, no matter what we were doing, no matter where we were with Prince, with his talent, we could accept freedom and we could accept sexuality and we could accept energy in our lives in a totally different way. And for that, I will miss him. Mm -hmm. I will miss him. You know, that's a one common denominator of all people who have that spark is that them being themselves and it's okay for them to be themselves allows all of us to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of uh, why they have that spark. It sparks everything inside of us. So, Anam, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you giving us the call. And um, uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, honey, is uh, Prince as a potential fourth dimensional being that was just here. What do you think about that? You know, I've gotten some questions about that online, uh, and Radha Krishna in particular asked me if if Prince was a demigod. Uh, The concept of fourth-dimensional and fifth-dimensional beings being androgynous goes back uh, thousands of years in many cultures. In many parts of India, if a person is born with both sexual characteristics of male and female, they are worshipped. Mm-hmm. There are days that are given to beings who are considered to be divine or at least semi-divine because they are blended in their sexuality. Angels, for instance, can be male or female or both. Mm-hmm. There were many. There are many gods in many pantheons that go back and forth between being male and female. Mm-hmm. So it's considered in many cultures in ancient times and in modern times to be a sign of a sort of divinity. Well, aren't be- most fourth dimensional beings, isn't that the last place you go? And when you come to the third, you break off into male or female? Well, in a seminar that we do, I call the spiritual world, we talk about sexuality and how it descends from the higher dimensions into our world. In the highest dimensions, there is no sexuality. Mm -hmm. I mean, beings have sex, but the energy is pure and there is no splitting or bipolar nature of sex, male and female specifically. But when you you get closer to Earth, beings start to merge. Mm -hmm. And so that in the fifth dimension, for instance, you can have beings that can be male or female. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, or both, depending. And the fourth dimension is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. In the fourth dimension, beings have both male and female genitalia. There are many statues around the world, uh, many famous places where you see beings that have both male and female characteristics. Mm-hmm. Men that have breasts, mm-hmm. women that have penises, mm-hmm. both breasts and you know vaginas. And the church tried to eradicate as many of them as they could, but people still reported what they saw and created it in stone. When you get to the third dimension, there is a splitting of energy from the bipolar having both sexes to being unipolar, meaning that one sex, one person. You have males that have a penis. You have females that have a vagina. Males have breasts, but they're not built in the same way that female breasts are for the most part. Mm -hmm. So that the... The blending of the fourth dimensional beings, male and female genitalia being in one sex, divides when you get into the third dimension so that you have men who have one thing, women who have another. When you descend further into the dimensions, you get a neutralization of sexuality so that you don't even have the same sexual focus that you used to. There's a sexual neutering that occurs Mm -hmm. so that when a person becomes a second dimensional being or an astral being in order to get that kind of energy, Often they will seek out sexualized humans, humans Mm -hmm. that aren't using their sexual energy, humans that have a lot of sexual kundalini. And that's where we get the attaching spirit. That's where we get the uh, beings that ride humans sexually. That's where we get that whole sexual possession and sexual entity thing that we've talked about Mm -hmm. so many times. Mm -hmm. So, And this is relevant because Prince rode that very fine line. He did. He did. He rode it almost perfectly. He did. And I mean... If you looked at them, and if you look at other beings that are on Earth, that's a lot of them in Thailand. Yeah. When you go to Thailand, <laughs> and we're getting ready to go there in a few weeks, there's a district called Pat Pong. Pat Pong. Uh, Pat, uh. Pat Pong is the probably one of the great meccas in the world of what we call hypersexuality. Absolutely. In Pat Pong, you could see everything. And then some. And it's legal. Yeah, it is. You can see teenagers dancing naked on a stage mm-hmm. and just men losing their minds. Mm-hmm. You can see transsexual. And you can't tell what a person is. Uh, the most beautiful women in the world walk up to you and you look down and their penis is huge. <laughs> just huge. But they're still beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. And it's just, wait a minute. I, uh, Beautiful, big penis. Beautiful. It's just, you, you just you just wouldn't believe. And then we're not going back to Bangkok for Pat Pong. We have some business to do there with our uh, Tybro uh, business. But in any case, it is a place that you can go and you can see exactly what we're talking about. And we've been there. There are shows there that go on tw- almost 24 hours a day uh, that make La Cage look tame. But hey, don't take my word for it. Before you leave this world, they made Prince look extraordinarily tame when you go there. This is true. This is true. We have one more call, and I want to get him in on this Prince tribute. Uh, We have Donnell from the Moreno Valley right here in the Inland Empire. 
Uh, Donnell, are you still there? No, I'm, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yes. How you doing? All right. I'm in, I'm enjoying it still. And, uh, <laughs> but let me say this. Well, favorite, first favorite Prince song is the door, hands down. And, uh, one of the things as a kid growing up in that era that I always appreciated is he kind of sprinkled his dust on a lot of the music back then. You had Sheila E, The Time, you know what I'm saying, the Mary Jane Girls, or <clears throat> whatever other artist he sprinkled on. His essence just permeated the airway. And out of all the celebrities, you know, that died, when when they announced his death, I was angry. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I was like, man, you know, that essence is gone. You know, and it was sort of like a comfort that, you know, people in our age group grew up with. It was a comfort in knowing he was there and not knowing, you know, what what influence he was going to put out musically. You know, and one of one of my first movie experiences was going to the drive-in to see uh, Purple Rain, you know. And as a kid, you know, being able to talk about, you know, that was, a lot of us, that was the first time we saw breasts on TV, you know. <laughs> so, so, so y'all didn't have the Sears catalog yet, huh? <laughs> no, no, not yet. <laughs> uh, you too young. We only, they only let we only had the wish book. We 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 had the one with the toys in it. We didn't we didn't get the other one. <laughs> that stayed in Big Mama room. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, so this, this is an awesome show, you know, and. uh Hey, and, and by the way, I've been to Thailand, so I know what you're talking about as far as, as far as Bangkok, you know, and, and all that stuff. It's extremely turned up out there. So if y'all went back, I wouldn't even be mad. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> this will be our seventh trip to Bangkok. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> And it's not a weekend furlough either. We're going to be there for eight days. Oh, oh you, you know, and it's that place is weird because, you know, you got like these extreme ends. You know, you got the debauch for, you know, the place you just mentioned. But then you can go to some. I've seen, I stayed in the Kona Yoke the last time I was there. And you had waterfalls going through our resort, all kind of crazy. It, it was monks out there. The whole community was really, uh, you know, they were very devout. So <clears throat> I got a chance to see both spectrums. You know, most mm -hmm. people, when they think Thailand, they, they associate it with Bangkok. But that's a very uh, spiritual place if you actually get the opportunity to stretch your legs and go out. That's right. It absolutely is. Uh, it is one of our uh, favorite places to go, not just to go and pick up spiritual items, but the people are incredible, and we really enjoy being with the people. Oh, yeah. So thank, and thank you thank you so much, Donnell, for calling in and sharing your, your Prince experience. Uh, this is a show that we wanted to, you know, pay tribute to a man who was incredible as far as his talent. But I think his legacy is that he was free to be himself. Uh, yes. And I think that is important for all of us to learn to be ourselves and to accept ourselves for who we are and not be so concerned with what other people think. So for that, I am so grateful for him being on this planet at this time. And uh, we're going to miss him. 
that uh, he his music lives on. It'll live on inside of us, and it'll be here a hundred years after we're gone. So that's the beauty of what he does. He was able to give us that. Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate the show, and you guys take care. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We have, All right, have a good day. question that's coming from the chat room. If you uh, go to our amfirstradio.com website, look our show up. Uh, there's a place called Chat Roll where you can sign up and uh, communicate with us online. Uh, Jay Journey from the chat room says, we have many facets to our life purpose. Would you say that Prince fulfilled all or most of those facets during this incarnation? Prince's net worth is somewhere between 200 and $250 million. He sold over 100 million records, tens of millions of albums. He married. He um, wasn't really close to a lot of people in his life. He had friends, but Prince was a kind of a loner and a rebel. He had a mission in life, and I think that mission was to create on his own terms. So I think he fulfilled a lot of the things he wanted to do in life, but I think there were still some things that he wanted to do. He was also a great philanthropist. A lot of people don't know that about him, but he gave to a number of different types of organizations. He gave a lot of money to individuals. Mm -hmm. He helped the hungry. He helped the needy. Um, he was a person that was an enigma in many ways, but in his life, he made it his mission to help and to uh, contribute not only music, but also contribute material goods to people that needed them. Mm -hmm. So I do think he did fulfill a lot of the things he wanted in his life. What do you think about that, sweetheart? Well, I think that uh, he definitely did. And one thing I didn't know is when I looked him up uh, researching him, I didn't know that he and his wife at the time uh, had a child and the child died. Uh, so I know that he had uh, thoughts of being a father and uh, it was short-lived, but he did become a father. And uh, he was very close to his wife at the time. And she has nothing but great things to say about him even after his death. So she's affected by his death. And I think he, he lived a life that most people would love to live. Most people don't, you know, fulfill all their fantasies like he did. And I wonder what it would have been like to party with Prince. Well, that would have been a different kind of During party. the dirty mind years? During the dirty mind. Set, and, late and 70s, early 80s? Hanging out with time. Hanging out with Apollonia? Uh, and uh, Morris Day? During the Purple Rain days? Oh, mm. man. When you just probably didn't sleep, didn't eat, uh, touring from one city to another, mm. wearing thongs and boots all day? Well. I wonder what that would have been like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that should be a ride in Vegas. <laughs> the Dirty Mind ride. The Dirty Mind ride. Or a nightclub theme. Mm. That'd be a great nightclub with the call the Dirty Mind. Hmm. It's probably a nightclub called the Dirty Mind. Somewhere, private up. nightclub, private membership, where you can get it. You have to be dressed in lingerie, even if you're a guy, <laughs> to go to get in. But hey, in, that's but just me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I remember when Prince's album first came out. Uh, and I was in my second year of college. There was a dance called The Grind at FAMU. Florida and M University came out with it. And whenever a song like Prince or Atomic Dog would come out, people would just start grinding. Yes, they would. Uh, on the dance floor. Yes, and we would. would love when those songs would come out. <laughs> because it's it's just something you didn't get to do with strangers. But there'd be people locked up in big groups just <laughs> humping on each other. <laughs> To songs like Cream and Soft and Wet. It was it was different. It, 
Well, but it happened. It did happen. It happened. It happened at universities and house parties around the country. And the Q House and the Kappa House. Uh, it it happened. It did. And especially Atomic Dog. Especially Atomic Dog. Especially Atomic Dog. Especially some of those Prince songs with very suggestive lyrics. And people just took all kinds of poetic license with the music. Well, they did. It inspired you to just do stuff. You had to unlock off of that person. Yeah. You had to go wash your hands, you know, in the bathroom after that song was over. Uh, Shift. Yeah. Shift, move. But that's what Prince did to people. He made it so that people... Wasn't so uptight about sex. Very much so. That's what he did, and uh, that was a good thing. We have another question from the chat room. Uh, Sanaya, is he an immortal? Uh, When I first saw him on stage, though I didn't know what I was saying, um, I said, he is not human. You know, a talent like Prince's talent has a divine spark to it. Um, I I could easily say that he has uh, semi-divine energy in him. I don't know that he's a full immortal but I'm pretty sure that he will be back in this world, and I'm pretty sure that his soul is a soul that the world will need at some point because his energy is something that freed us. And this planet needs a lot of freeing. This planet has a lot of energy that is difficult and pent up, and friends helped us release a lot of this. So I think that in many ways he had energy that is divine. I don't know that he was a full immortal, but he was certainly is certainly headed in that direction. Well, he was a very spiritual person, that's for sure. Very much so. And uh, did you know at Kingdom Hall, they called him Brother Nelson. Brother Nelson. Brother Nelson. Brother Nelson. Prince Rogers Nelson was his name. Prince Roger Nelson. Nelson. Brother. And so for for us, uh, he had an influence on us as we were, you know, just becoming young adults during the time that he came out. And uh, as young adults, you're curious and you want to learn some things and try some things. And with his music, it made it easy to do those things. His music made it so that we could explore freedom in ways that we hadn't even thought of. We, we, we were imprisoned in ourselves in ways that we didn't even realize mm-hmm. until Prince started singing. That's true. So we want to uh, just observe a moment of silence for this great soul. We're going to miss you. Going to miss we you, thank Prince. you so much for your contributions to music, to life, to freedom. We thank you for every grind we ever had on the dance floor. <laughs> we thank you for head. <laughs> we thank you for every song. But now, for the next hour, we are... Next hour, we're going to talk about some great movies. We're going to change gears again because every show now, every couple, every show, we're going to have two separate shows. And in the next hour, we're going to have movies that taught you about the universe. Movies that we call teaching films. Movies that were released that kind of sneaked up on us. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest one being The Matrix. We're going to spend some time talking about The Matrix. We're going to spend some time talking about Inception. We're going to spend some time talking about teaching film. You are live with Mitch and Kathy. We really appreciate Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Appreciate you being with us. Our call in number is 888 909 1050. Call in to listen. 3299-1050. Thank you so much, and we will be right back with our second hour of teaching films. How about a little help with that emergency fund? Dave Ramsey here, and I'm excited to announce that we've been giving away some serious cash this May. The $20,000 rainy day giveaway. And you can enter every day for your chance to win cash at DaveRamsey.com. We'll draw a winner each week. No purchases necessary. Enter daily at DaveRamsey.com. Catch Dave Ramsey Monday through Friday, noon to 2 on KCAA, right here at 1050 AM and 106.5 FM. And now, it's time for more Mitch and Kathy on the Mitch and Kathy Show, right here on KCAA, 1050 AM. Now, here's Mitch and Kathy. We are back. We are back with Hour 2, and in this hour, we're going to talk about teaching films. Films that have uh, opened the universe to your mind and expanded you and got you excited about spirituality or just being on a path of discovery. And uh, there's a lot of movies out there that in plain sight teach you things that are mind-blowing and very profound, uh, but you might not have uh, even thought it was that kind of movie until the movie was over. And then you're like, wow, that really sparked something in my mind that kind of made things pop in your head and started connecting the dots for you and you started to realize, hey, there's more to life than just this. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about films that have changed your life, that taught you something, that really made you think twice, made you go, So that's what we're going to talk about in this hour. We had a great tribute to Prince last hour, and I I, I like the callers and what they had to say about Prince. But I also like what he did for everybody as far as his energy and his spark. And that's the kind of spark that we want to talk about that's in this hour. We want to talk about movies that actually sparked you. Sometimes you're in a movie, and you're sitting with the movie, and you're thinking to yourself, did they actually put that in that movie? Like in the movie uh, Inception, the whole concept of different levels of dreaming mm-hmm. and being able to become conscious in one level, in another level, in another level, is something you talk about in lucid dreaming. I've been into lucid dreaming and dream work for a long time, but to actually see that in a film, mm-hmm. to see somebody work as an architect designing, designing dreams on demand, that to me was just an awesome concept that the the whole concept of being able to design a dream as a technology and mm-hmm. using drugs as a way of opening consciousness to dreams at different levels that to me was 
just absolutely mind-blowing and definitely qualifies that movie as a teaching film. It is definitely a teaching film, and I thought the concept of planting a seed in someone's mind and then that person not know that that's where it came from. And then it makes you wonder, so all the things that you have a, a light bulb goes off in your head or you have this great idea, is it because you had the great idea or did someone plant a seed during your dream state that allowed you to have that idea? You know, there are certain herbs out there, one of them being galantamine, which is made from as an extract from the red lily, that allow you to go into your dreams at a much deeper level. And when I first started using that particular herb, I noticed that there are people that you meet in your dreams, that you see in your dreams, that are repetitive people from your life. Mm-hmm. Pe- people you might have broken up with, people you hadn't seen up seen in years that are in your dreams on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You can go to that dream and you know what that person is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know where they're going to be. You know what they're going to talk about with you. It, it is as though you have separate lives in the dream state from your physical life. Mm-hmm. It is as predictable and as regular as your physical life. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I really liked about Inception, that that whole concept of dreams being part of life that were repetitive and regular uh, was just revolutionary, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, the concept of an archetype, you know, or someone who is actually building it for you, is in a lot of the, the movies that we're going to talk about. There's an archetype in, in all of them. So we're going to do that when we come back, uh, and we're going to discuss some of the best teaching films that we can think of. And we also want you to call in us at 888-909-1050 to get in on the conversation, or you can just call to listen at 832-999-1050. Hi, this is Dr. Mitch Gibson of The Mitch and Kathy Show. We have a powerful spiritual tool called the Miracle Prayer that I want to tell you about. The Miracle Prayer combines a number of advanced spiritual principles that work together to create a truly wonderful spiritual experience. For centuries, the power of this prayer has been hidden from the public. Now, this magnificent blessing is available to the lay public for the very first time. The Miracle Prayer may be used to protect the user and their loved ones, to sustain them in time of need, and to even comfort them in grief. By the combined powers of this prayer and applied concentration, the Miracle Prayer practitioners had the ability to get great blessings from our Creator. Tybro Publications is proud to offer this beautiful prayer, an invaluable spiritual tool for the low introductory price of $19.95. To order your copy, go to our website at www.tybro.com. That's tybro.com. And look under audio downloads. You can get the original Miracle Prayer, which contains the original power of this prayer, the special edition Miracle Prayer, which has enhanced tools and sound to help deepen the power of your prayer, and the Platinum Edition, which is our most advanced version of this prayer tool. Each of these versions of the Miracle Prayer are available now for $19.95. Go online and get your copy today www.tybro.com that's tybro.com and look under audio downloads for the miracle prayer thank you hello everyone this is Nina MD fusion of science and beauty listen to my show every Wednesday night 
6 p.m. to KCAA 1050, where I'm going to give you the latest, greatest on anti-aging. Oh, yeah, baby, you can't get enough KCAA Real Radio back here in the Inland Empire, because that's just the way on KCAA. Gotta love the mornings with Aaron and Tobin, Gary Garver, and Stephanie Miller. And don't forget the Amen. Then stick with all that love all afternoon for Dave Ramsey, Dr. Bob Marshall, and Tom Hartman. The weekend's only getting better, feeling the loving with the chairman of the board and the sounds of Sinatra. And those smooth sounds of Radio Deluxe starting at 9 p.m. Then... Get ready. It's the Wolfman. It's the real Wolfman howling and prowling and starting at midnight to 5 a.m. Friday and Saturday nights. Just doesn't get any better than this, baby, because you can't get enough of that love. From KCAA, 1050 a.m. and 106.5 on the FM. are back with Mitch and Kathy. We are doing a show today on teaching films, movies that I think were created by the powers that be that help us understand what the, how the universe actually works. I believe that the universe and our world in particular are run by higher beings. Yes, we have presidents and senators and world leaders and corporate leaders, but I think that there are beings that are more intelligent and more evolved than average people. And these are beings that uh, oversee and um, essentially guide our development as humans. Some people call them the secret chiefs. Some people call them the octagon. Some people call them the elders. I believe that they are real. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people might also call them the Illuminati. But I believe that this leadership is real and that our presidents and our world leaders are the people that answer to them. And these beings, I think some of them are immortals or near immortals that live for thousands of years at a time. And in order for us to evolve as a people, sometimes they release information in the form of books or movies or um, newspaper reports or music that help us help guide us along and help us evolve. And that's what we're talking about today, teaching films, movies that give us, break us off a little bit of immortal knowledge. That's right. That's right. And uh, we're going to jump right into that in just a few minutes. We're going to first take a caller who's been holding for a little bit. I believe Tony from Pennsylvania, you are live on the air with Mitch and Kathy. Are you there, Tony? Hi, Masters. Hi, Tony. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm glad you're with us. Yeah. Well, the movie. You, um, do you first like of all, I like to say oh. that um, this show is one of my weekly meals. Oh, thank you. Listen to your show. This is so. Um, it's, it's like a necessity or whatever. Um. And also, I'd like to say that, um, well, congratulations on your, your lottery winnings, and I've been listening to your past shows, and thank you for archiving them. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Do my, do my work day and everything. Um, 
Um, I too believe that this world is run by by the gods that that are transformed. To, you know, I always believe that the gods transform themselves to whoever they need to be the teacher. Mm-hmm. So the Illuminati um, transform. I mean, they're God transform and 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 you know, like Master was saying, it's the teachers and everything. So. I believe that too, and um, and uh, you mentioned a, a drug called glycine for for dreaming to help you go deeper into your dream to get ideals or something. Galantamine, G A L A N T A M I N E, galantamine. Look up red lily in dreams, and you'll be able to find it. Red lily. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. So, what's your favorite teaching film, Tony? Hmm. What I is your favorite? What is your favorite teaching film? Um, I like scientific, like um, I, I like scientific movies, like the like the Matrix. I guess you call it scientific and mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. like that. And I love government teaching, dealing with spies uh, and and um. And money. <laughs> Spies and money, okay. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with money. <laughs> I love those films and, you know, secret technology and, and things like that, you know, high tech movies. And, um, the Matrix the would be one of your like, favorite ones. I, I do like The Matrix. I like The Matrix and I like, I like, um, and I like action movies too, like, on a Schwarzenegger, um, you know, movies dealing with uh, um, entities and things like that. Movies like that. I, I mean, all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we certainly do appreciate you calling in, Tony. And it's been a while since we've seen you. When we're going to see you again? Uh, um, it is. It'll be soon. I'm working on my album, getting ready to get it on out there and maybe hit hit like print. I know that's okay, right. all right. Like the print we certainly wish you all the luck in the world and thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Thank right. you. Thank you for your show. Uh-huh, thank, thank you. you. I believe we have one more caller. I believe Kair. Are you on the line, Kair? Kair Carter, how are yep. you? Yep. Here he is. <laughs> good, good afternoon. How y'all doing? We're doing great. Now let's hear. Thank let's you, thank hear you. Your, uh, great top, shows. Your top films. Uh, great show so far. Can you can you hear me? Yeah, we, we can, can hear you fine. All right. Um, I have a lot of uh, teaching teaching favorite movies, but um, the lesson that I'm particularly learning now, like as far as reincarnation, um, and a lesson you spoke about a couple of shows ago about you keep coming back the same way until you evolve out of that. Remember when you said if a person keeps getting divorced or a person keeps having a disease or a person keeps having bankruptcies or a person's a player all the time, they have to change something to evolve their conscious. Remember that show you did? That's right. Reincarnation? Yes. Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, and he mm-hmm. was a soldier and he kept dying and he kept coming back to the exact same spot 
Mm-hmm. Like, it took him like six times for him to die to get past one part of a movie. And it was like very similar to like on a video game. Like sometimes if you save where you're at on the game, when you come back with your new three lives, you'll be at that same place. But to me, that was a big, a lot of Tom Cruise's movies to me have been teaching films. Um, the one where he was doing the uh, remote viewing, but the latest one in 2014, Edge of Tomorrow, about he just kept coming back until he made the, like, but he kept making changes. And every time he made a change, he would live a little further. He would live a little further until he finally like realized what it was that he had to do differently. And when he started t- telling people that, yo, I already lived this part already. I know it's about to happen. How they looked at him really crazy. And then mm-hmm. one of the messages was he started to keep his mouth shut instead mm-hmm. of telling everybody, I just died 16 times. I've been here 42 times. He just started doing it, you know, and that was one of the lessons about, you know, uh, keeping your mouth shut. And I know, you know, about these things because Senyata said, if you keep telling people things like this and they haven't had the experience, they'll send those people to put you in a white jacket. So mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I learned from that movie. Well, mm-hmm. that was an excellent movie. We really enjoyed that movie personally, and uh, it has a great lesson in it. And I think he finally learned toward the end that what his role really was. And that's what we do when we keep coming back lifetime after lifetime is you finally figure out what your purpose is, and then you're able to get out of the matrix, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, and so that you don't have to live that same life. So he kept doing the same things over, and, and he got further, and he started helping that girl get further, and uh, he knew exactly what was going to happen when he got to that spot in the war, and it was an excellent movie, and he did an excellent job uh, you know, acting in it, but the message was strong. And it is a good teaching story. And we certainly appreciate you for sharing your ideas with us and for being on the show. Thank you so much. And you keep working out there and, and keep doing your astrology, young man. I'm very proud of you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank I love you, you so I'm much. Talk to you all next week. Well, Kathy, you have uh, gotten a lot of information together about this topic, and you've gotten a, lo- a list of things and movies that you think are good teaching for. I have a list, and I'm just going to read off what the list is. And and then we're going to, to go through some of them uh, and take some callers or, or go through some of the chat room. Uh, but uh, Lucy was an uh, incredible film, a uh, great teaching film, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Limitless was also one of those teaching films mm-hmm. uh, of our potential. One of my favorites, Interstellar. Interstellar, Interstellar great Interstellar film. Was a great film. One of the newer ones, but definitely a great teaching film. Matrix, of course. Uh, Classic. Matrix Classic. 1, 1, 2, 3. Uh, Classic. Uh, 2012. The film 2012. 2012. Interesting choice. Yeah, 2012. We're going to talk about that. Uh, another one of my favorites, Peaceful Warrior. Peaceful Warrior. Definitely a teaching film. A uh, teaching film. We Definitely. Talked, we talked about this one earlier, Inception. Just yes. An incredible film. Uh, the Celestine Prophecy. Good one. That was a great teaching Good film. one. Uh, the Truman Show. 
Truman. The Truman Show. No, we definitely have to talk about that one. We're going to talk about that. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yes, The Truman Uh, Show. For people that don't know, it's one of those Jim Carrey movies. It's a Jim Carrey movie, but a different kind of Jim Carrey movie. It's definitely a spiritual movie if you look at it the right way. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Adjustment Bureau. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. That's a classic. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, a great reincarnation film. A great reincarnation film. Uh, and then when what dreams may come, definitely an afterlife, astral higher life teaching film, definitely, most definitely. So those are the ones I had on the list. I didn't know if we get a chance to talk about all of them, but those are great uh, teaching movies. And I know that there's going to be people who have their favorites that they're going to probably call in, and we can talk about. Well, which one do you want to dissect first? Interstellar. Okay. Let's go with Interstellar because there was something, when I was talking about that light bulb earlier that just kind of, that spark in your your brain, uh, something said and you're just going, what? But it showed visually what we've been talking about, what we've been teaching. Uh, That scene when he's uh, sliding down uh, that thing and he ends up looking at several different dimensions of the same thing with his daughter in the room and he was trying to tell her don't 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 do that or don't let me go don't let me go uh but to see it visually that every little decision that we make there is a potential reality and pathway for that decision if you chose that route and to see it visually that just blew me away and i was just very excited at that moment during that film it brings up the entire concept at least for me how do you communicate with somebody when you're in another dimension Mm -hmm. Uh, and the metaphor that i like to use is how do you communicate with somebody who's 10 feet underwater if you're standing on at the edge of a pool Mm -hmm. without jumping into the water how do you communicate with them Mm. it's and that show really brought to light the difficulty that higher dimensions have in transmitting information to lower dimensions, Mm -hmm. namely us. Us. Mm -hmm. He had to figure out that the pattern of dust in the movie, the patterns that he was creating was something that his daughter um, and he had worked out a plan or worked out a way of communicating with each each other across dimensions. And by figuring out that little pattern in the dust, Mm -hmm. he saved the entire planet. It's the pattern in the dust. And he also, it was that, that uh, SOS with the the watch. Yes. When he kept, and she realized that when she started looking at his old watch, that he was communicating with her. And it's a difficult thing for gods and angels to communicate with us when there is such a high vibrational level and they're trying to communicate with us here, uh, which is one of the reasons why we always tell people that they need to be still and quiet so that they can hear. And they have to use the available tools that we have. They have to use the tools that we have access to. Mm-hmm. They have things that you know can put a movie and a piece of rock. True. They have things that we hadn't come up with. We won't come up with in a thousand years. So they have to use things that we have right now. So they and think it's primitive. They, it limits them tremendously. Mm-hmm. And that movie really pointed to that. It did. Another thing I liked about the movie is it showed time dilation. Mm-hmm. That when you travel far enough out in space, things, time really does change. Mm-hmm. That the whole concept that Einstein talked about with time shifting depending on how far and how fast you go in space is real. Mm-hmm. That when he was traveling and he came back, his little girl was an old woman. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, even the part where the guy he was traveling with, when he and the girl came back, came back twenty years, twenty twenty five years later, and yeah. he was waiting for them. And he, was, they so were sad. only on the the ship, the planet surfaced for a little bit of time. When he came back, he had gray hair. He had been on that ship by himself for decades. Mm -hmm. It was just a beautiful illustration of time dilation. Mm -hmm. That was uh, a great movie. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and hit it. Let's hit the Matrix. Do we have time to hit wanna, it before we take it? I don't know if we have time to hit the Matrix just yet. I don't know if we have yet. time to hit the Matrix. No, we don't. Let's, that would be much longer. Let's hit another one. Okay. We'll hit the Matrix when we come back. How about uh, Peaceful Warrior? Peaceful Warrior. I guess we could handle that one. Yeah, we can handle Peaceful, peaceful Warrior. <sighs> peaceful Warrior. How do you want to start with that? Well... The thing that was amazing to me is that he had this experience with um, the guy at the uh, gas station. And, you know, he had him doing some things. It was kind of like that Miyagi type of thing mm -hmm. uh, where a teacher is making him do odd things, but he was teaching him at the same time. And soon he learned how to use it without him being there. But this guy was a, a gymnast. He was a great gymnast, and he, he had a... a he was a hothead and didn't listen very well, and he got on a motorcycle and had a, a horrible accident, and then he had to learn how to uh, recondition his body and his mind uh, to be the top athlete that he was. And he, the great thing about it is he learned humility during that process, and, and that's one thing that we teach quite a bit to our followers is that, you know, you can do a lot of things, but if the humility component is not there, you're not going to achieve exactly what you set out to achieve. Actually, yes, exactly. The, the movie was, in, in many ways, taken from a brilliant book, but it also went further than the book, and it showed that a person can be taught deeper appreciation for life when they lose life. Mm -hmm. but he had lost pretty much everything. He had gone from being a world-class gymnast to a person that had to learn how to walk all over again. Mm -hmm. And when he did that, he was a better gymnast, he was a better person, and he had somebody who guided him back into the world. Nick Nolte played a great teacher in that, in that sense. And he became a better human being. Mm -hmm. It really taught him how to be a better person mm -hmm. in many ways. And that's one of the one of my favorite teaching films for that lesson that it taught. Mm -hmm. All right, let's let's see. Yeah, we do have maybe a few minutes to talk about the movie Twenty Twelve. We just saw that one recently we too. Did. We saw it again. It's been it, a while. You know, there was a, a big scare in the world about four years ago around this whole thing concerning the, the Mayan prophecy. Mm -hmm. And in that prophecy, they said the world would be different uh, December 21st, 2012. A lot of people thought the world was going to end. They did. A lot of people bought generators and dried food and thought the, the coastlines of the world were going to change and people were predicting things that would change. And, you know, um, between me and you and the fence pose, I, I think that the Mayans were right. I think that something did happen in the world, but I think the world was saved from itself. Mm -hmm. um, there were a number of huge solar flares right around that time, any one of which could have ended our planet. There were a number of different uh, large earthquakes that were potentially devastating in their scope, but they kind of stopped in many ways. 
And I believe that our planet is protected from some of these things that normally would cause our planet to be destroyed. I think our planet, uh, recently scientists have reported that they've discovered a force field over Earth that protects Earth from solar flares, uh, cosmic radiation, and a lot of other energies that are out there in the universe. I believe that higher forces, higher beings protect Earth from itself. And in this protection, with this protection, um, the Mayan prophecies could have been correct in that the world was supposed to be destroyed, but then something happened to prevent that destruction from occurring. So the Mayans might have seen something that actually happened in a different timeline, but we were protected from those things that have happened in the movie. There were giant earthquakes, uh, the world was flooded for the most part, and there was only a few bits of dry land in southern Africa, which is where life was supposed to have started on this planet to begin with. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, uh, people, there was a certain guy who was supposed to be crazy, crazy Woody Harrelson, that tried to warn people about it. Uh, and it turned out he wasn't crazy. He was telling them exactly what was happening. But it showed us that the Mayans weren't crazy either, that they told us about these things that were happening in the world, going to happen in the world. And it was a teaching film, and a lot of people didn't know the, how close the Earth has come in the past to these type of extinctions. There's been a number of these extinctions over and over and over. Mm -hmm. That's what they uh, talk about a lot in one of the Matrix movies is uh, this is – what, the sixth or seventh human race? And uh, a lot of people are like, what are they talking about? But there's some truth to that. And in that movie, tw 2012, it was incredible to uh, see where just because this person was reading this book that was by the guy who drove the limousine, who had a uh, strange relationship with his children and, and the uh, ex-wife, uh, how that book ended up in the New World after the flooding had occurred and they were there, that little things change reality. And you can be a part of a change in reality if you just do what your purpose is. And I think that was a, a great lesson to learn, too, in that movie. That book otherwise would have not even been read, but it was read because that guy had to be reading it. So we have a lot of movies that we're going to talk about, some some ones that are mind-blowing like Lucy, and uh, we're going to talk about, of course, The Matrix. We're going to get into that when we come back from our break, and I don't know if we have, we might have one caller. We're going to ask the caller to hold on until we come back. We have a lot of people on the chat line. If you want to join us on chatroll.com, uh, you can sign up on our AM First Radio website and uh, join us in the chat room. Uh, we see your questions and comments. We're going to get back to you. Uh, you're live with Mitch and Kathy. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Here's the latest to Mivin Heidmers. Today's Indiana primary could be the last chance for Republican hopeful Ted Cruz to slow Donald Trump's march toward the GOP nomination. Trump campaign spokesperson Katrina Pearson tells Fox News that the issues Trump has been talking about in Indiana are resonating with Hoosiers. Jobs to the country, bringing back fair trade so that we can compete nationally with other companies. Mr. Trump has been talking about these things. He's put papers out on them and common sense 
foreign policy. And Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton is expected to extend her delegate lead over rival Bernie Sanders today. White House says President Obama will hold a roundtable discussion with Flint residents tomorrow about the city's contaminated water crisis. Of President Obama, a wide variety of federal agencies have been on the front lines responding to this crisis. FEMA has distributed more than 9 million liters of water and 50,000 water filters. That's White House spokesman Josh Ernest. The president is also delivering remarks at a Flint high school. You're listening to the latest from 24-7 News. Hi, this is Dr. Mitch Gibson of the Mitch and Kathy Show. I want to tell you about one of our new spiritual tools, the healing vessel. This vessel is one of our best-selling spiritual tools. We started offering this vessel last year, and frankly, we have not been able to keep it on the shelves. This vessel has the talisman of the Archangel Zythogen engraved into the body of the vessel. The Archangel Zythogen is a new angel to this planet, and his energies are focused on healing and restoration of the soul itself. Any liquid poured into this vessel will be charged with healing, recharging, and life-enhancing energy for your soul. You may add soup, water, energy drinks, or any other consumable product to this vessel. The cup is detachable and charged with energy as well. The charge is permanent, and you may give these items as presents. Anyone who is sick, in need of healing power, or extra energy from the celestial world may use this vessel. There are no prayers, mantras, or enchantments necessary for charging the vessel. Pour your consumables into the container, wait for one minute, and you're ready to go. We have made the price low so that the item is more accessible to large numbers of our followers and those in need. The healing vessel will continually recharge itself, and there is no need for prayer or ritual work to recharge it. To get your vessel, go to our website at www.tybro.com, that's tybro.com, and look under Healing Vessel. Supplies are limited, so go there today and get yours. Go to www.tybro.com and look under Healing Vessels. Thank you for listening. Original thinker and activist Tom Hartman joins the KCAA lineup. But the policies defined by Jesus that you can read in the Sermon on the Mount, or you can read in Matthew 25, are unabashedly progressive. They're unabashedly liberal. I mean, Jesus was the original liberal. Join Tom Hartman Tuesday evenings at 5 on KCAA, 1050 AM and 106.5 FM. are back and it's good to be back um we have a couple of callers we're going to get to those callers first and then we're going to jump into the matrix so i think y'all from florida y'all are you there hi masters how are you we're good how are you i'm good um First of all, I love you guys so much, and I'm, I'm so blessed, and I'm so happy that you did a tribute to Prince and are talking about movies and, like, confessions and, like, pretty much everything that you're teaching us. So, I mean, yeah, so you guys are awesome. Thank That's, you. Yeah. Tell us about um, your favorite movie. So, I have had several life-changing movies. Um, the, the first one that I think I had was Dune. And then The NeverEnding Story. And mm-hmm. then um, The Matrix, of course, and The Avatar are probably four that touched me. Dune, I'll let you guys talk about The Matrix because there's just so much there about being on a ship in reality. But Dune, as a child, when I saw Dune for the first time, what helped me know 
that it was possible to awaken in a different way um, mm -hmm. and to travel between dimensions and like all the things that I felt as a child should be possible. That movie made it tangible and gave me a rubric for that. And the never ending story then followed that with showing the importance of the nation and how understanding that whatever you imagine exists. So mm -hmm. And Master spoke about that, you know, over the last couple of years. And so I was like, yes, that's why I love the never-ending story. Yes. <laughs> that's I'm a sorry. great movie. Really is. And uh, yeah. any, any film that can spark your minds and your imagination is a teaching story. And uh, those definitely were teaching stories and had an effect on us as well. So... Yeah, I can see that. Any any other ones? You don't want to talk about The Matrix? You just want us to talk about it? I mean, I, <laughs> The Matrix was, was, okay, so first of all, to realize that human beings hold so much energy that we could power a planet and a race of beings mm -hmm. that were machines and that, that one person is that important that they provide that much energy that our life force has that much value um, mm -hmm. and that we are being used in that way and that reality is not what we think it is and knowing how to achieve true freedom through like elevation of consciousness and, and understanding the way the matrix works that we're trapped in and like how the agents, to me, I look at the agents kind of like the daemonium um, right. as, as some of the daemonium agents. And so, like having, so I, I had the understanding of the movie and then you guys came and brought like another level of understanding. I mean, there's just so much with the matrix. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then, yes. There's well, just we, so much. It is. We're going to talk about it. We appreciate you calling in. I have one more caller I'm going to get to, but we send you much love and many blessings to you and your family. Well, thank you. And I love you guys too. And yes, yeah, I'll be listening. Okay. Thank you. I believe we have James from Baltimore. James, are you still there? You're live on the air with Mitch and Kathy. Hi, Masters. Hey, hi, James. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I love the show. Um, you know, I, I'm just getting so much from it. Um, but a movie that I really loved that I wanted to share with everybody, uh, me and my son watched it about 20 times, uh, was Tron Legacy. Um and the reason I really liked it is, is because it showed, you know, how a world kind of evolved, um, you know. And so from the first Tron movie to the second Tron movie, you saw this world um, um, and its evolution. Um, mm -hmm. And then it showed also how consciousness evolved um, and how consciousness sometimes devolves into uh, what it becomes. Um, it also showed to me the basic language on which this world was built. So everything that you saw in this particular world was built on this whole uh, concept of the hexagon. Mm -hmm. um, it also showed to me, because the world was so small, it was literally the size of a city, it showed um, the limitations of, you know, consciousness and building a construct and stuff like that. Um, and the last thing was that these higher beings uh, took an interest in this world and actually came into the world, and they wanted to uh, input something um, into this particular world. So, you know, it, it's a movie that I always kind of, you know, go back to 
um, when I think think in terms of spirituality and uh, you know and just you know the evolution of con- consciousness. Did you all see that movie, Tron Legacy? Yes. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Ex- excellent movie. We enjoyed yeah, it immensely. I absolutely love that one. Mm-hmm. And it was just to me, it was just excellent. Well, we appreciate you calling in. We we thank you for your uh, evaluation of the movie, and uh, we're glad that you called back after last uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for accepting my call. There's one other movie. There's a classic. I don't know if you mentioned it yet, but um, Defending Your Life. Do you remember that one? Which one? Defending Your Life. Yeah, when I they, remember that. When that's, they went to heaven and, and the uh, guy literally had to kind of defend his life. Uh, and, you know, kind of see why he should evolve and, and go on to the next level. I really love that movie as a classic that people should kind of check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going back a bit, but that's a, that's a really great movie. Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep, that movie. The world that is the real world exists inside, well, the world that he thinks is the real world is actually inside a computer program. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough... Scientists have now begun to prove that the world that we think is a real world is actually a hologram inside of a computer program. We're talking about our world. We're talking about the physical, everyday world mm-hmm. that people, when you look at the Matrix, you can say that's just a movie. But now scientists have found computer code written inside the framework of our reality. They've shown that our reality can be best explained as a very large computer program, which is exactly what was discovered in the movie Matrix Mm -hmm. over 20 years ago. So there's sort of a weird coincidence that our reality now is being described in the same way that reality was described in the Matrix. Well, that's not a coincidence. I think that that's what they do is they they have this information in movies so that years down the way they can say, well, we did tell you guys about this. So this shouldn't be uh, a shock. Uh, I I think that they do – the. the, the organs, the, the organizations that run this world, they do prepare us for shifts in our paradigm understanding. Mm-hmm. The, the whole concept that our reality is a computer program would have been just ludicrous for people to even think about unless we had been prepared for it in mm-hmm. the way that the Matrix did. Well, one of the, uh, it's actually a television show, a Star Trek, when they had the holodeck. Holodeck essentially is a Matrix. You can have a whole world inside. You can go to a different world inside of a holodeck, but you're still inside of a small space and then part of a computer program. And in, in The Matrix, it showed how reality can be programmed uh, from a very simple computer terminal. Mm-hmm. And that when you really look at it, you never really go beyond a few feet of anything in your world. You can go within three to four feet of everything in the universe. And that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. You can't touch something two miles away. You can't taste something unless it's within a few feet of your body. Mm-hmm. So with those parameters, you can create an entire universe with some fairly simple computer code. Mm-hmm. And that's what scientists think our universe is, that our universe is a very small computer holodeck that we all live in that is controlled by our individual consciousness in the same way that Neo was controlling consciousness and Morpheus and, uh, and Trinity in the movie. Mm-hmm. So he learned how to manipulate reality when he was in the Matrix. 
Yes. Neo did. Yes. That's how he started being able to fly and dodge bullets. And he realized that there was no spoon. And uh, those realities changed for him. He also saw that there were people within the Matrix that were the controllers of the Matrix. That they were building it with some very extraordinary computer code. The architect, for mm -hmm. instance. The, the teacher or the prophet. What did they call her? What was that lady's name? Uh, what was her name? Oh, man. Oh, what was her name? Man? We'll just have to look it up because it's been, <laughs> I haven't seen this movie in probably 10 years. <laughs> she was a grandmother figure. Yes, she was. So we will see here. And they changed the character because the original lady from the movie died, unfortunately. So they had a different character. The Oracle. Oracle. Was her name. The Oracle. That was it. Gloria Foster played the original Oracle character. Carrie Ann Moss was Trinity. Keanu Reeves was Neo. Lawrence Fishburne was Morpheus. Hugo Weaving was Agent, Agent Smith. Smith. The agents kept people from waking up. Mm -hmm. I had been a very staunch uh, vegan uh, vegetarian for many years before I saw The Matrix. But there was one scene in The Matrix where the Judas character essentially gave uh, Neo up to the negative side, to the dark forces. But in the scene, they had him eating this piece of steak. And this piece of steak looked like it came straight out of heaven, perfectly mm -hmm. cooked. And the guy was eating, and he kept saying, I don't want to remember nothing while he was eating this steak. <laughs> and after I saw that movie, my friend and I, Vernon, who's a good friend of mine, we flew to Las Vegas to Lowry's on a Tuesday. <laughs> We caught a 4.30 flight to Las, true story, to Las Vegas, and we went to Lowry's, and we had the biggest, juiciest, medium-rare piece of prime rib you could imagine. That was the first piece of red meat I'd had in, like, almost a decade, but it was absolutely one, and The Matrix did that. It showed me, they, they talked about, why does everything taste like chicken? <laughs> <laughs> And it's a good question because a chicken is the like is the go-to taste when you try to describe something to somebody. Mm -hmm. If you want to say, what does that meat taste like? Well, it's not like chicken, but a little bit like chicken. Uh, it's kind of tender. But chicken is is a program within our matrix that a lot of things are based on. It's either chicken or beef mm -hmm. or fish. Mm -hmm. And those three things have very few variations. Mm -hmm. If it's a fish, you're going to say, well, it's not like salmon or trout. It's either white or tender or flaky. And there's not many variations on that. Mm -hmm. uh, something else that the Matrix, I think, was just brilliant for is it showed that once you awaken within the Matrix, you can control the Matrix as a computer program and the reality that exists beyond the computer program. Mm -hmm. Once your consciousness expands enough. One of the things that, um, that kind of make you sad was that when he went into what was considered the real world, it looked all blown up and destitute and they had to live in the uh, underground. The, the world just didn't look good. It looked like a, a nuclear explosion took place. And I didn't know if that's what they wanted to say, that that's something that's coming in our future. But it, the real world in a lot of these types of movies just doesn't look like a good place to be. It looks like people have gone back at least a couple of hundred years and, and they're into the survival mode of just being able to eat in the way that they, they should portray it. And it 
that just didn't look good. I know he was wishing he would have not taken the pill and taken the blue pill instead of the red pill. You know, there is a theory out there among conspiracy um, theorists that says that our Earth has actually been destroyed on a number of different occasions and rebuilt. And that the last time it was destroyed, humans were taken into a matrix-type computer program, taken on ships, and that the Earth actually, outside the computer programs, doesn't exist. And that the concept of the matrix is a testing program for the type of Earth or the type of planet that the controllers that have us on these ships want us to discover and rebuild for ourselves, that the Earth, as we know it, doesn't exist and has been destroyed. And the Matrix kind of pointed to that. They pointed to the fact that the Earth as we remember it is gone. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. And that the Matrix is a way of protecting us from what we think is Earth. Well, one of the things when people start to awaken on the spiritual path is that they the world the way that it is, they see it differently. And uh, it's hard for them to communicate with a lot of people in the world the way that it is. The, the more they awaken, the less familiar they are with what everybody else is talking about because that doesn't uh, coincide with their new reality. And uh, I think that is something that a lot of people on the path are you know, a little bit saddened by because they, they just don't have that same familiarity with reality as everybody else. We do have one more caller. We're going to try and get her in. Uh, I believe Anam from New Jersey, are you there? Yeah, I, I called earlier. Um, you may not have seen or may have. It was made for TV movie Monkey King. What, Monkey what was King. it? The, the Monkey, Monkey King? King? And it had the uh, co-star who was oh gosh I'll, i won't well anyway you'll find it on youtube the monkey king and it's about traveling through time to save the world and it's amusing but may i mention to other movies you can which one which other movies do you think are good teaching films uh butterfly effect groundhog day and dark crystal Oh my goodness! Groundhog Day certainly was a great teaching that film. Really was that that movie actually needs to be redone because Bill Murray, we don't know how many days he lived that day over and over, but he learned how to play the piano perfectly. He just went over and over and over in life until he perfected himself. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the teaching, one of the great teaching films of our time. Groundhog Day, excellent choice, excellent choice. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so in. much I for calling to catch in. Her before she got off the air, there is uh, 15 facts uh, that's about the Matrix that a lot of people might not know. Uh, so I'm going to go through them real quick. I think we have enough time for it. What do you think? Want to do that or you want to go through another movie? Um, there are a lot of comments and things on the chat line, on chat roll. I think I'm going to get to a couple of those at okay. least. Can't get to all of them because there's like a dozen of them or so. Uh, some people like the movie Dark City. I think that's a great movie yeah, it is. Um, about teaching films. It shows that our reality, again, is not what we think it is, probably controlled by some larger force 
out there, another great teaching film. Lady in the Water. I have not seen that movie. No, we haven't. Uh, I may have to get that. Cindy on the chat room says that it's a movie um, about a mysterious lady who shows up in an apartment pool complex and all the residents have to pull together. We have not seen that. We're going to put that on our uh, to-see list. Um, the New Karate Kid, I think, is is another one that's listed there. Um, good film. Um, I, I think that the, the film is kind of a recreation of the old Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The movie Powder. Uh, Brother Francis wants to put that as a good teaching film. Um, Powder. Remember that movie from a long way back? Powder. Who's in it? Well, Powder is a movie that came out, I think, probably... In the 80s, let's just look it up here. That's one wonderful thing about um, technology. Technology is just fantastic for them. Powder came out. uh, It had Sean Patrick Flannery as Powder, Jeff Goldblum, Mary Steenburgen, Lance Hendrickson. Um, Powder came out in 1995. Hmm. And it was about a young man who had incredible intellect as telepathy and paranormal powers and society didn't treat him that well. Movie cost nine and a half million dollars to make, made about $31 million. Good, good successful film. But it was about how society treats those who are, who show superior powers of all kinds. I see also on that list, someone put down the fifth element. The fifth element. <laughs> now that was a crazy movie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> the was fifth... guy who was in rush hour. He, he was in that movie with that, uh, a comedian. What was his name? Um, uh, he was Chris. Is it Chris? Yes. Let me see what his name was. Yes, it was Rush Hour. There it is. There it is. That's with Bruce Willis and Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, and Chris Tucker. <laughs> Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Well, no, Fifth Element has Bruce Willis and Chris Tucker. Yeah. Chris Tucker was already in it, too. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. there. I was thinking about Rush Hour. No, I, was, I used Rush Hour as to, to try and figure out who he was. Yeah. But Fifth Element was, that was a good movie. Uh, it had a lot of strange characters in it, though. Uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Star Wars when they were doing a lot of those, uh, what are the bar scenes with those strange little elements of those people in there. It talked about how the elements of the universe could be used in consciousness to help save and create different things in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that in the movie in that way. You know, the Rush Hour movie costs, how much do you think that movie costs to make? Just Rush Hour? The the original Rush Hour movie. Mm, Probably $125 million. $263 million. For Rush Hour? I know. 263 I know. That was the budget for it. Get out. How much it did made $849 million, though. Well, that's a good return. That's a very good return. <laughs> I had no idea. I, lo- I remember that movie. I'm thinking, where did they spend $263 million? Return. Great return, though. Uh, you know which movie we didn't get a chance to talk about? The Celestine Prophecy. That was a great movie. And, well, I don't know if we have time to really do it justice because it certainly showed you the difference of being on 
in one place but also in multiple places at the same time. Which is the way our reality is. When you really look at our reality, we exist in multiple levels of consciousness simultaneously. And the Celestian Prophecy talked about how when you shift your consciousness, you can actually end up transforming your being from one place to a higher dimension or one place to a lower dimension, depending on what your consciousness does. Mm -hmm. It was brilliant in that way. Also a best-selling book. A lot of the best movies that are written and, and produced in that way come from books that have already connected with consciousness mm -hmm. in that way. And I think that because of that movie's connection with consciousness, it helped people begin to understand that we live in the universe that we create mm -hmm. with our minds. You know, one, one day we're going to have to do a show on books because a lot of these movies are coming from books. And one, one movie I would love to see would be The First Darkness. Now, that's a good book. Now, Not I would that love I'm... to see the, the First Darkness become a movie because... To be honest, you, you wrote it like a movie. Everything that you wrote was visually uh, easily to see because of the way that you wrote it. And I can't see Hollywood not making that movie one day, and we're going to work on that. It, is, it was meant to be a teaching book. It, it really showed a lot of information about the intricacies of reincarnation, the womb door being one, mm -hmm. that before you can come back into this world, you have to find a womb door mm -hmm. with proper parenting. And that womb door is going to be somebody that connects you to your mother. It talked about the concept of beings that live for billions of years. It talked about the inner life of angels. Mm -hmm. it, it really discussed concepts that are both universal and in many ways way ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. I would love to see that become a movie because uh, it would be visually beautiful if, uh, with the technology they have for special effects now. Uh, but certainly something that uh, we're going to have to work on. We're going to have to work on that. I really think we're going to have to work on that. Well, we appreciate everybody in the chat room for participating. Uh, this is a new thing for us and something that we're going to be doing on every show. We appreciate everybody who called in and participated uh, with their questions and their experiences with not only Prince, but also with some of their favorite movies. Movies are something I enjoy watching. I love watching movies because it is a way to escape a little bit of your your own world and uh, a potential of sparking something inside of you uh, when you watch someone else's life. And I think that's how you stay connected to people is by experiencing new things and watching other people's uh, troubles and triumphs and uh, learning exactly uh, how to communicate with them on that level. But this has been a fantastic first venture out onto AM First Network. We're excited to be a part of this new network. And, uh, Fred, once again, we want to thank you for making the Mitch and Kathy Show part of this network. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you next week.
Hey, Di, do you know that many people have no idea that the Carousel Mall is actually open? What? Do you tell them that that's where KCAA is located? Of course, but there's more than just KCAA here. Oh, I know. It's a totally great place for a girls' outing. Here at the Carousel Mall, there's Mega Beauty Supply. And it's huge. Yeah, the biggest beauty supply store I've ever seen. And they have wigs and extensions. Then there's Backstreet Beauty Salon and Daniel's Jewelers, a store, by the way, for girls and guys. Yes, and nail fashions where they do waxing and eyelash extensions. There's Lisa's threading. You know, Mark, eyebrow threading is a big thing nowadays. I do know about Mr. Use. <laughs> yes, when you're ready for lunch, it's Mr. Use Chinese Restaurant. Mm-mm, best of all, Mr. Use is right next to KCAA. Yes, all this located in the Carousel Mall, right off the 215, the 2nd and 3rd Street exit. Come visit the Carousel Mall. We're open for more info, go to kcaaradio.com. This is 1050 AM KCAA Loma Linda and 106.5 FM Yukaipa. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC Radio. Fiat Chrysler and Google doubling the size of Google's fleet of autonomous cars 